All organizations start with why, but only the great ones keep their why clear year after year. Simon Sinek, author of Starts With Why, how great leaders inspire everyone to take action. Welcome back to the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning Podcast for our 200th episode milestone with a reflection back on the why behind our podcast, which is the number one question people ask me when I share that I host this podcast. I hope that we can all learn something about why we do what we do as we reflect back on the past 100 episodes that covers 2021 and the beginning of 2022. I've asked a special returning guest from episode number one, Majid Samadi, Senior Regional Sales Director at Lexia Learning, and my husband, to join me as we reflect back on why we do what we do, as Simon Sinek would say. Welcome back. I'm Andrea Samadi, author and educator from Toronto, Canada, now in Arizona, and like many of you who tune in, have been fascinated with learning, understanding, and applying the science behind high-performance strategies that we can all use to improve our productivity in our schools, our sports, and workplace environments. My vision with this podcast began three years ago, and I think it's important to step back and take a look at why we began this podcast since the why should be behind all of our work to keep us moving forward. And as we think about why we do what we do, I hope that you reflect on why you do what you do and see if you can gain some insights from your why to drive you to new levels of awareness as we do the same. I chose Majid Samadhi to join me on this episode because he's really good at launching big ideas especially those ideas that have a clear why behind them. It was Majid who encouraged me to publish my first book, The Secret for Teens Revealed, to put the ideas I learned from the seminar industry into writing. And when I mentioned that I was thinking about launching a podcast in early 2019, when my website had a podcast theme, his first words were, how can I help you to begin? You would think that the person in our household who met Simon Sinek, me, would be his biggest fan. But Majid would be a much bigger fan of Sinek's work than I am. Each year, he trains his sales team on Sinek's golden circle so that his sales team launches their year with a clear why behind what they'll be doing to kickstart their year. I'm always looking for a new angle to think about why we do what we do. And I recently saw Matthew Portell's keynote speech at Butler University's sixth annual educational neuroscience symposium, and it opened my eyes to a new approach to this episode. Matthew Portell, who is currently in his sixth year as principal at Fall Hamilton Elementary, an internationally recognized innovative model school for trauma-informed practices in Metro Nashville Public Schools, opened up his keynote for the Neuroscience Symposium with a completely new way of looking at our why. At least it was for me. Before I bring Majid on, I want us to all think about why we do what we do to see our work through a new lens with renewed purpose this year. 
Remember on our final episode of our Think and Grow Rich book study, if you heard it, we talked about how important it was to have a clear vision of our goals, what we do. But has anyone ever asked you why you do what you do? Canadian health and PE educator Dan Viglatori teaches this to all new health and PE teachers at York University's Faculty of Education. I'll put a link to his recent lesson in the show notes. But back to Matthew Portell's keynote. During Matthew's recent keynote, he gave us a formula to think about. He said to think about your intent, why you do what you do, plus your outcome, what are the outcomes of your work, and that equals the impact. And think about it, are you having an impact when thinking about the work that you're doing? It's been almost three years ago since we launched this podcast in June of 2019. And back then, I didn't see this formula, but I knew we had the right intent with our work. We were making headway with our programs in the schools, but the impact was not at all what I envisioned. We were missing something important with our impact. I always had a global vision for this work, and I didn't need Matthew Portell's formula to tell me that our outcome was off. We needed to do something differently to have a larger impact, this global vision. So when I bought a template for my new website that had a podcast theme and the website developer said, you can just delete that podcast section, I knew I had to do something beyond what we were doing and launch the podcast, putting our best work out to the world for free, completely unaware of where it would lead us. Three years later, we hit the top 15 best SEL podcasts for 2021 and the top 20 best neuroscience podcasts for 2021, featuring some of the leading experts in neuroscience, education in the brain. And I know that the impact is beginning to match the vision that I saw. Think about Matthew's formula with your work and let's welcome my better half, the one who's watched me with this work since those early days when all of this was just ideas scrawled on paper all over my office walls. And he said, are you ever gonna do something with those ideas? Let's welcome Majid Samadhi. Welcome Majid, thank you so much for agreeing to come back on the podcast as a returning guest for this very important milestone. Welcome. Thank you, thanks for having me on. Absolutely, well Majid, I know that you know that I think it's important to thank people who've helped you along the way. And it's always been very important to me and I think you'll remember that I once drove three hours each way to thank someone who infused me with ideas and support over the years. Do you remember that? Yeah, Greg Link? Yeah, that was Greg. I've thanked everyone over the years, but I'm not sure if you know how much I appreciate all you've done to help me to keep this podcast going from all those late night edits that often went into the weekend and you'd take the kids swimming while I'm at my desk or just giving me the quiet time that I need to research each guest. There's just so much behind the scenes that goes into the production of each episode. So my first question, after thanking you for all your support over the years, making everything happen, can you think back to episode one and tell me what you think are the biggest changes you've noticed since we launched this podcast to make all of this worthwhile? 
I think before even we get into that, Andrew, I think there's a couple of things we gotta we gotta I'd like to highlight if it's okay with you since this is your podcast. So I think um it's really important for everybody to know, you know, the reach that you have, right? So if it you know, as of as of this morning, when we when I took a look at some of your data points, right, you're in a hundred and fifty-eight you have a hundred and fifty-eight thousand downloads in your podcast, right? So thinking about, you know, you're asking about like how the change took place, like from the beginning to now, it's, it started with an idea, right? It was, it was, um, you started off by just um, having your headphones on, starting a recording, right? And, um, and kind of going from there and to what it's evolved now, we'll talk about a little bit more later on, but as of today, 158,000 downloads, right? You take that, you kind of break up the math. It's like 10,000 downloads a month, 2,500 a week. And then what's even more impressive is that um, you know the the dashboard shows you're you're being listened to in 155 countries. So that this was a learning lesson for me as well because I had no idea how many countries there were. So I googled how many countries are there, and there was 195 countries in the world as of today. Wow. And uh, to be listened to at 155 countries and um, have a 4.9 rating on iTunes, it's amazing, right? So it's, it's all these downloads. You've got amazing listeners. Um, you've got people that are learning from you and just being here with you, uh, seeing all the impact to, that, you're, that you're making, right, that you have across the world and getting all the personal messages from everybody. To me, that is, that is a huge accomplishment and that goes more than anything else, right? Because it has that personal touch where um, you're directly impacting every single person that listens to you. And then, you know, all the different social media um, tools that, that, you have, that you're working through, right? You're working through LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, right? Um, and then, you know, having this material out there and the, the reach that you have also gives you speaking engagements throughout the world, right? I, I just think it back over the 200 episodes, right? It's like, where have you spoken? I've, I've heard you speak in Japan in Singapore, Australia, all these countries, right? So it's, I think it's a huge accomplishment on your part, number one. Number two, to have 200 episodes. 200 episodes, you know, I'd like to share a little bit later on as well too, is like the amount of time that goes into each one of these. It's crazy, right? It's, it's crazy to see how much time you put into this and then because we feel it at the other end too, right? It's like, hey, uh, let's go, we're going for a long walk because it's, you know, this is a 10 hour process or something like that with the kids. So it's uh, so first of all, congratulations, right? It's it's um it's it's a big number for you to reach, and then just you know looking back at episode one and episode two hundred, right? What are some things that that have that have come come about it, right? You started off episode number one. Um, I remember coming back from a business trip in L.A. and I, I walk into the house. You're like, hey, uh, I need to record you for something. I said, sure. So we sat down at your desk and you you threw you you threw a piece of paper in front of you and you had some questions. And you start asking me these questions and, and uh, obviously you have no time to prepare or look at it or anything like that. And you recorded it. And that was, that was your first episode. And um, the quality of uh, how your podcast has evolved, the guests that reach out to you that want to be on your podcast to share their message with everybody in the world. It's, it's day and night, right? It's um, some of the, the people that you've had on uh, the 200 episodes that you've had on, you know, it's, there, there are people that, are leading experts in their field, 
and their message resonates with so many different people in so many different ways. So, so I, I think it's it's uh, it's day and night as far as where we started off and where you are today. And your numbers reflect it, right? To be to have that kind of an imprint and kind of a um, uh, direct impact on people across the world, I think that just shows shows how you've evolved from episode one to number two hundred. Thanks so much. Well, I couldn't have done it without you. And, and, you know, there's a lot of services that you can use that people contact me all the time and you can pay for downloads and pay for reviews. And people are always saying I could get your downloads so much higher and in so many more countries. And I'm thinking, well, you know, I send them the, the stats. I'm like, well, we're already number one in Ireland. What are you going to do? And then they're a little bit taken back because they're used to grabbing people and saying, you know, for a hundred bucks, I can get you 3000 downloads. And I'm thinking, well, that's not really going to help me. So there's, it, it's just interesting that these are all real listeners. So everyone that tunes in um, has found the podcast and they're finding it useful and nobody's been paid for a review or, you know, which, which I think is, is the unique part of this whole podcast for sure. Yeah, it's a lot of times you see like people they have uh, like the Instagram followers or something like that. They have like 10 million people following them, right? And uh, it's like a brand new concept, and they have all these followers. You, you wonder like who who do they pay to get you know the list pumped up? Um, this is you know your numbers are genuine numbers. Um, what's what I'm really excited about is to see your work materialize, right? As well too is with YouTube. Um, you're over that thousand marker as far as downloads, right? So if, if I can share any messages to go download, you know, go listen to these podcasts on YouTube because it does have a direct impact on uh, the work that you're doing as well. Um, so being, you know, reaching that thousand mile, a thousand um, download marker on YouTube has an impact for you as well. It's a, a subscriber. Yeah. 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 Thanks. That, that's your field of expertise. So. <laughs> okay. so uh yeah it's the subscribers that um that um that you know they help 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 monetize this for you a little bit as well right because you're doing this out of the kindness of your heart um you really believe in the message you believe in the work that you're doing and you want this to be this message to resonate with everybody out there that can benefit from this right so it's nice to see the other end of it as well too with with youtube when you have subscribers to your channel um, that, you know, it, it does help make an impact for you differently as well. Definitely. And I'm going to get more into the monetization of this because I think it's important. Everybody does ask, you know, how do you make money from a podcast? And, and you've just mentioned that a podcast is a give back. When you're launching a podcast, you're not thinking or shouldn't be thinking of what am I going to get from this? It's what am I going to give? And it's a complete give back, right? Exactly. Exactly, hundred we'll, we'll percent. The monetization part, because that is also important. It's in one of the questions, but you know, just going back and thinking to our first episode, and that was June two thousand nineteen. And like you mentioned, you just came in from. I know you're working LAUSD, and you put your suit jacket on on my desk, and we didn't have all this audio equipment. And there was no prep, but almost three years later, what would you say now after the pandemic? Why are these skills, social and emotional in our schools and emotional intelligence in our workplace so important? Yeah, so it's it's uh it's the foundation, right? So being it being, you know, our students, we you know, the, the famous saying of our students are our future, right? It's it it really is because it's it's important to have these foundational skills. 
uh, in place for students so that this way, as they go through the educational system, they learn, you know, what, what is the proper, what is the most efficient way of learning? What are the important pieces in education that we need to tie in with learning, um, you know, English language arts or math or science or STEM, any of those items. Um, we, we learned early on, I had the, the opportunity to work with uh, Carolyn Dwick, uh, who was, you know, she was, she, she really put SEL, um, put her footprint on, on the work in SEL and I had a lot of uh, opportunities to to work with her side by side, you know, with different um, states and different um, uh, districts. So it was early early on. It was important for us to learn the foundations of SEL, which has really evolved over the years, where it's gotten a little bit more uh, complex as far as how learning takes place. But I think what's also really shifted is is the whole shift from SEL to more of a brain based, right? So there's a lot of times SEL, some states are not really big into SEL, but when you talk about the science of, of the brain and how learning takes place, there is no challenging that. Those are pure scientific facts. Um, and those, those things are all important to, to be able to really have curriculum such as, you know, you know ELA and so on, stick, stick to the foundations of how you can become a better reader, how you can become a better learner. Um, so I think those things never change um, the mindset is, is the most important approach that you need to believe in what you're doing, that it's going to work. And that doesn't change if it's in business, if it's education, if it's personal goals, you have to have that personal belief as to, yes, you can do this, how you can become better at what you're doing. Um, and, um, you know, SEL gives us that foundation to really uh, put those into perspective. And so what are you seeing as the shift? Because I know you work in the schools and you've seen how this is Im impacting kids in our schools and everyone and, and everybody knows social emotional learning. It started as curriculums and, you know, schools are implementing it in many different ways all over the country. But then you add the importance of the brain base and then you see the outcome of that as you're managing a group of employees in the workplace. So how do you see all of it is so important now for the end result being successful in life in the workplace yeah so i think it, it all ties back with um your why right you have to really understand your why your why has to be clear as to why you do what you do right and when you love doing what you do you're going to be successful so so thinking about you know your your the purpose why whatever whatever position it might be you know you could be um you could be a mechanic you could be an educator, right? You, you need to figure out what your why is. Uh, you know, for example, as a mechanic, your why is that, hey, I wanna help other people make sure that their cars are, are, uh, are, are fixed correctly so that they're safe, you know, as they're driving the vehicle, they don't break down on the side of the road. If you're an educator, right, your why is, my why is that I wanna make sure that I'm making an impact with students so that this way they are successful in life. I'm contributing towards their success as they're moving forward. So when you figure out your why, I think that's um, you, you stick with that. You need to set goals for yourself as far as what you're, you know, how you're going to challenge yourself to be successful in whatever you may be doing. Um, you're, you know, it's um, th those are a couple of things. And then as you go through things, what the impact that you're going to have, how you're going to be better at what you do is you have to make sure you have clear communication, right? You have to be able to communicate what things you might need to be successful, what things 
are important to you. You need to talk to your manager. You need to talk to um, you know whoever you're whoever you're working with that what your expectations are, how they align with your mission of your company that you work with. And um, you know, at the end, make sure that you we all understand what the end result is for all of us. What gives us that self-accomplishment? Is it hitting your goals? Is it making an impact with uh, more educators, right? Just be very clear as far as what are some things that, that are really important to you and what gives you the satisfaction that you need. Definitely. And, and as I think about and, and as I've watched you working with your employees, uh, it's, it's, it's very obvious to see how well respected you are with them. Do you think it's because you focus every year on their why? Why do you think your team just enjoys working with you so much? What do you think you're doing? Um, I think it's a lot of different things, right? So, so work, we, we all have our own personal families at home, right? But at the same time, our, uh, our, our, um, our sales professionals that we work with or whoever we work with, right? That's the second family that we have, right? So our, our primary family is our, our immediate family at home. And then our work family is a separate family. You have to treat uh, whoever you work with, whoever's on your team, whoever um, you're side by side with, that it's, it's part of a family. We all have to make sure that we have the same intentions, right? We're here for each other. We support each other. Um, I think there's nothing more important than uh, colleagues knowing that we all are working for the same message, uh, for that we're, we're working towards the same goal, right? And, you know, we're in it together. Whatever help you need, we're going to be there side by side working together. Uh, their success is my success. My success is their success. So it's all, we're all on the same page. We have the same mission. And, um, and really, you know, the second family is, is getting to know people you work with on a personal level, right? It's, it's, uh, it's hard, it's easy to get really, you know, entrenched with your work on a daily basis, as far as, you know, all the challenges we go through and all the great impact we have. You know, we celebrate together our, our big wins, right? When we're able to help more, more kids, when we're able to help more educators, that's a that's that's what we do what we do why we do what we do right because we want to make an impact with uh students with teachers with educators across the the state in every state across the country and um you know for us you could you could be in sales in whatever whatever capacity you want to be if you want to be selling cars you want to be selling uh cameras whatever it may be right it's whatever your personal connections are with. For myself, it's been an education. I've been educational sales for almost 24 years. Um, I've worked for some some different companies. And um, you know, at Lexia, it's 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 an amazing place. We have we have such a great mission where we're focused on helping educators uh, and students across the country in literacy. And um, you know, when we're when we when we're working side by side with our second family, right, we we celebrate together. We get through challenges together. And at the end of the day, when we give it all and we have the same mission, we're gonna be successful. Got it. It's almost like our students where they have individual needs for their learning and the work coworkers that you work with have individual needs. And so you've got to uncover those uh, like differentiated learning for students and employees. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yep. That's exactly what it is. It's uh, just making sure we we all understand what our needs are, right? Mm -hmm. Definitely. I think that's it's it's powerful to see the the connections and why you've been so successful in the workplace. 
And so that brings me to my next question, because I've always said that you're my quality assurance department, because every guest has been vetted by you after I've chosen them first, just to be sure that they align with the most current research with practical strategies that we can all use and implement. And you've kept me on track with this vision of having high quality guests. And it's not the first project that we've worked on together. We did the Teen Performance Magazine 12 years ago, and I still remember you on the phone with Taylor Swift's PR team. So what sticks out to you with this responsibility added to your plate of everything else you do of making sure we provide the highest quality of guests and content to our listeners like we did 12 years ago with the magazine? Yeah, so it's, 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 not, a, it's not a big deal, right? Because it's, um, I'd love to see your success, right? It's um, your, your passion of how, you know, I, I don't remember how long ago, it was probably 20 years ago at this point, 18 years ago, where, where you were writing your own book and you would sit, you know, in in uh, in a park somewhere, and and sit down and write your script and how you visioned about how you can make an impact with kids, right? So um, I think it started with that, and then just seeing over the years how you've you've uh, developed yourself as far as you know, coming out with new books, writing a new curriculum for programs that schools in Arizona adopted, and um, just watching, being by your side and just uh, cheering you on and 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 celebrating with you, the the success that you have. I think those are, those are the, those are the important things for me that, um, that really make the difference. And then, um, you know, we started the magazine with Dr. Jeffrey McGee, uh, the team performance magazine, and it was an adventure to try to try to figure out how you're going to fill a magazine up with, uh, with, um, you know, quality articles from different researchers. That was the, I thought that was going to be the hard part. But the hard part was actually monetizing that magazine, right, to, to, to make sure that it, that um, it, it, it covered its cost, right, as far as producing that magazine. But that was a real challenge by itself. Um, you know, it was hard to sell advertising. And um, so that's why that, that project is no longer around. But, you know, with this shift that you've had as far as uh, going to the podcast, I think the message is very, needs to be very clear and concise. It needs to be coming from highly developed research people that can, that can really contribute um uh towards this i know the amount of work that goes into a po the podcast just watching you know how you've, you've gone about it uh for example if you had somebody coming to you that was they were an expert in neuroscience um you would you would start off by reading their book doing all the research as far as all their work right this is just pre without even getting into the podcast right and then sitting down and actually making the questions um setting up the backstory right and then you know everyone thinks that it's really easy to hop on and just do a podcast but i can tell you firsthand the amount of time that goes in into into creating a podcast i would say that it's 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 a good two to three days if not a week of just researching the person getting all the questions down and then you know you're a one-person show the uh the editing that goes in it's it's about eight to ten hours of editing for you to uh, edit those to make sure that it's high high quality, high standard, and the message is created perfectly, right? So I think there, there's been a major shift as far as you know the watching you grow over the years into into what you're doing today, and um, you know your success is showing at number two hundred. Thank you so much, and and the keeping that high quality has always been so so important. 
it started with the magazine and having celebrities. It wasn't just, you know, get a whole bunch of kids to answer questions. It was like, well, let's get Taylor Swift's on the phone or, um, you know, even getting Sean Kingston and some of these musicians was was a challenge. It was really good, I think, for for sales back then, you know, you can apply all these skills, getting told, no, Sean Kingston's not available or, and then getting um, put onto different people that you might not want. They're like, they're lower level. And you're thinking, no, I want someone of high caliber. So you just keep the quality high. And I think we've translated that over to the podcast that people might not know why it's so important for me. People say, wow, you've got some great people. I'm like, that's intentional. We did that like f- right from the start, wanting to keep the quality high so that, you know, we we become one of the top neuroscience podcasts for, you know, by design, not just by default. Yeah. And you always strive for the best, right? You, you don't you don't go for average, right? You always say, I want to be the best at this. I want to have the best guests available, right? That's on there because their message resonates with more people, right? They have they're they're credible. They've already had the research in place, so it's you know it's, I think it's just very common just to go for the best. Absolutely. So we hit the first 100 episodes last December of 2020, and it's been um, a bit over a year ago. And I know that you don't have a chance to listen to all of the podcasts, even though you do know who I'm interviewing. But uh, I'll do a thorough review of the lessons learned from our top 10 in the past year. But I wonder, since we're immersed in each person before, during and after the interview, is there someone that comes to mind or, you know, maybe your top couple that stick out that you remember as I've been going through the the interview process that you get to watch? Yeah, that was a tough one. There, there was a lot, right? <laughs> to, to pick from 100 and all amazing people, right? Amazing experts in their fields, uh, great messages. Um, I think that the couple that that really stand out in my mind were, um, it was your latest one that was the first one, the latest one that you did, the summary of Think and Grow Rich, where you uh, dedicated that to Bob Proctor. Um, I know uh, while you were doing that before your last episode, Bob did pass away. And he was a mentor of yours where, um, you know, you started the whole, uh, the, uh, you know, all the, the professional learning, you started through Bob and, you know, expanded that way as well. So I think based on the meaning of what Bob had for you, I think that was, that was probably one of them for me. And then I also had the chance of actually, we, we went through it together, right? At, science, at the uh, Think and Grow Rich, right? We, we had an opportunity at, I don't remember how long ago was that? Was that like 14, 15 years ago, I think it was? So I think like 2008, at least. Like 2008. I didn't force yep. you into the seminars right away when you first. <laughs> it was pretty close. Um, <laughs> but it's, um, but it's uh, you know, we had a chance to sit through the weekend in Scottsdale and, and spend time with Bob. We, um, you know, we also had an opportunity to go through one of his other projects that he was working with. And, um, you know, it was about the book writing and so on. And I remember I was going to write a book and, and I wrote, I wrote the first page of it. And, uh, I was, uh, and I, I approached Bob with it and, uh, he goes, Hey, I like that idea. He's like, I'll write the forward for it if you write the book. So, uh, unfortunately that didn't go past page one, um, due to lack of time, but, but Bob did commit to write the forward on that book, which is, which is exciting. Um, I think the next person was, was another person that, um, that had a impact for us as well too was Doug Weed. Um, he was he was somebody that was just an amazing person. He was a um, uh, presidential historian. 
And he did pass away a few months ago as well, too. I remember the, the reason why Doug Weed, his, his, his voice, his message was just so calming and so um, entrenching, right? When you would listen to him, you'd be drawn into it. Um, and uh, he, you know, he did help us as well, too. When you were working on your character program with Arizona Department of Ed, one of the things that was missing from that was the civics piece. And um, I know you reached out to Doug and, and he said, I'll absolutely help you with that. So he did help with the, with the civics piece and, and really uh, made your program meet the qualifications of um, the Department of Ed. So those were, those were a couple. And then the last one is um, uh, Kristen Holmes. The, um, I think, is she the found, was she the founder of what, Andrew? Oh, I don't she, remember. she was the VP, uh, VP, and I forget her title without looking her up, but yeah. I'll, I'll put her in the VP of something at partnerships or something like that yeah. yeah so so what what i think was was um was interesting with the whoop is by the way that's my uh christmas gift from andrea my whoop and um you know when when we uh in back in november when when you did get COVID, right it was um we we uh we had a wedding that we attended and and um and uh, unfortunately you know you get you got COVID from it and some somewhere in that process and um, your your whoop device is what told you that something wasn't right. Your respiratory distress jumped up significantly as you weren't feeling well, and and uh, so it was like almost like an indicator of what's happening. So it's 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 been it's been interesting, you know, tracking our sleep on it, um, and um, you know, just watching the daily strain, how we recover. Um, so those those are a couple that really stood out in my mind because they have personal connections with me. Well, it's, it's fun to hear who you were going to pick because, you know, the two are the reasons why I do what I do. And then Kristen Holmes with the whoop is, you know, how I stay healthy and improve. And we had that whole season seven is health and well-being for sure as we're moving on. And, and that's a, current, uh, a theme right now for sure. So since you've watched the vision of Achieve It 360 from the beginning, so if you can think back to those early days where we spent hours just coming up with our website URL, how do you think we've evolved over the years? You kind of touched on it in the beginning, but where do you see from our beginning to where we're, we are now? Well, I think the messages stay the same. It's all about, about the kids, right? It's about the kids, number one. Um, I, I think how we've evolved over that time is that your messages change from the kids, right? It's, it's still about the kids, but at the same time, um, you know, adults being uh, adults are uh, just as important as kids. So I, I feel that, um, you know, over the over time, um, just solely focusing on kids, we've shifted to kids and adults now. And at the same time, it's become more laser focused, right? So before it was more, I feel like it was more general in the past as far as some things that we help with, you know, maybe with kids like how do you focus in school? And now your whole attention has focused on, you know, how the brain really impacts um, you know, how, how we operate and how we do things, how our, our messaging needs to be fine-tuned. And with your podcast, right, it, we, you've brought in health into this as well, too. How do we run optimally uh, as far as health? Because without your health, you could have, you know, all the brain stuff as well, too. But if you don't have your health, it's, you, you know, you need to create that fine balance between all of them. So I think it's um, that message has just gotten more clear, more concise, um, more researchers right more specialists like you know uh doctors and so on uh, uh participating and really um fine-tuning your message and your and the work that you're doing 
Um, and I think that that's, that's led to uh, the great content as well too, right? It's, it's um, the, the bigger this podcast gets, the more followers it has, the more you can attract, um, you know, specialists and researchers into, into providing more solutions and more input on how we operate best. I know, um, you know, last year, I think um, we, we would have did our brain scans. Um, I've never even knew that you could do a brain scan until you're like, hey, uh, we're going to go to L.A. And um, <laughs> they're going to scan our brain. So I, I have no idea what that's going to entail. And then we go in and it's like you're laying in this machine and, it's, you know, like flipping you around and stuff to, to get a scan of your brain. But it's um, it's pretty cool, you know, some of the results that we got out of it to see, um, you know, what, what, what the scans are actually showing about how our brain's been affected throughout the years. Definitely. I think as you're talking, I'm remembering the switch of when I thought, you know, we've got to focus on the educator. And then I just thought we've got to include the workplace. And that's why I tried to have some of the podcasts or or have to do's, you know, steps or strategies for if you're an educator or if you're in the workplace, uh, because I thought it was so important for us to be able to implement these ideas. And then I started getting emails and I get a lot of messages that come through direct message. Like you see me always, uh, you know, answering things, but they come in. People all over the world are listening to these while they're on walks or while they're exercising. And I just remember the switch. A lot of my friends were saying, you've got to have you know, this podcaster, you've got to have your ideas go out for everyone. And that's when I kind of tailored it that way, because, you know, I think I'm using these ideas to try to improve and listening to them over and over again, some of the episodes, it's, it's for everybody. And I remember that switch thinking it, it can't be just focused on kids, we've got to start including, you know, putting the oxygen mask on ourselves first. And, and I remember even the switch in, in SEL, you, you've got to focus on yourself and then you can regulate a student. So I remember this. Yeah. Story. And I think even a tidbit for everybody too, is that, um, you know, all those things like Andrea will respond to you in the middle of hiking. So in the mornings we have, we're, we're, we're hiking. We have uh, a routine where we hike every morning. We'll be hiking. I'll be in front of her. And then I, I'll, I'll turn around. She's not there. And then she's over there like answering somebody because they, uh, they're, they reached out to her and said, hey, uh, I love your work around this. It's close to it, though. And it's, um, you know, you're responding to them. And, um, you know, um, you know, maybe even the, your guests that you're having on your podcast, they send you a quick email and it's like you're 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 responding to them right away. Right. And it's trying to manage all the, the social media sites to, to try to really get back to everybody that responds to you, right? That asks us questions. I know there, there were so many instances that uh, people reach out with personal items, right? To you and, and, and um, ask for advice. And um, you know what? What I respect the most is that you, you don't try to give them your answer. What you try to do is you try to tie in the researcher, right? Or the expert and say, you might want to watch this podcast because this person highlights some of these items that, that you've expressed with me. Right. Because you're you're not a doctor. Right. You're a former educator. And um, what you're doing is you're you're giving people you're putting them in touch with the proper people that are experts in those areas. So to me, that's that's really important that um, what you're doing is you're, you're always, you know, um, really responsive with with uh, questions or anything else that comes your way. Yeah, that's like a full time job for sure. Um, the biggest one, I think, was the review of the Fisher Wallace um, brain stimulator. I got a lot of comments and questions from people that 
that really want to make sure I'm a real person that reviewed this. I'm like, I, I really did wear it and I, I could send you the picture, but I think the model looks so much better than right. you sending the picture. But, uh, you know, those are real people with real questions and then they see I'm real. And there's a couple of people I've become friends with. There's like, like I don't know if you knew this, but there's this girl out of Toronto <clears throat> and they wanted to buy the device and it's called something different when you buy the fisher wallace device out of canada and the pricing is different and so people just want to make sure that is this a real thing like what what's going to happen when i wear this and and then when i write wrote back we we this one girl we became friends and i realized wow she's not far from where i grew up in toronto and so it just it just makes everything real when you answer people from the heart and like not saying i you know making sure that that i say i'm not giving you any medical device i'm just saying this is my experience try it see what is your experience we're all different so mm -hmm. I, th I think that's where you know people can see that that there's a real person behind this podcast you know yeah it's even interesting that we're 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 in the same house right now we're our office separate offices right and we're having this conversation right as well too it's um yeah. it's uh it's it's uh there is there there is so much content there's so much information right that that you're sharing with your listeners that it's um you know it, it's absolutely amazing thanks so much this is it's been fun for sure and uh, i know that we've talked already yeah. so this podcast was actually created by design to consist of the highest quality content that was going to be a course for an educational publisher as you remember and the idea was that this information would be free for those who didn't have access to this information. And so when that idea didn't work, I thought that I really owed it to put this information out because a lot of people don't have the means to go study with a neuroscience researcher or to study these, some of these courses that we've been blessed to have gone to. And I have all these notes and I just thought it's, it's my duty to share this. And so as someone who drives sales with your sales team, why do you think that you know we we need to think about the give back but we also have to think about monetizing our ideas and maybe perhaps looking at ad space on the podcast um that's something that i've just been resistant to so what's your take on monetizing what you're doing so you can continue to sustain it uh, yeah, monetizing, I think, is, is the, the foundation of anything you do, right? It's, um, I wish we were all uh, had the gift of having unlimited funds where you never have to worry about, you know, um, about the money part of it, right? But I think it's really important that whatever you do, um, this is a full-time job that you're doing, right, as far as the podcast. It's, it's day and night. Um, I know, like, you get up sometimes in the middle of the night to, to hop on a podcast with somebody from overseas um you know releasing your podcast right so a lot of people like we, we said earlier they want to do podcasts but they just don't know how much of an investment of time this takes and um you know ed editing it and um you know i i just want to make sure that everybody understands as well to you 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 keep referring to we right we it's all you the podcast is all you it's not it's not me sitting there and doing editing or asking questions or researching right my only part in this in this process is that hey uh, you know this person has approached me about this what do you think right I just wanted everybody you know you're 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 uh, I want everybody to understand how how much of a time commitment this is for you and the, the amount of work that you put into it so monitor monetizing this is is really important because you know everything has a cost your time has a cost 
the equipment that you use, you use has a cost to it, right? So, you know, opening it up for ads, it's great, right? It does take away some of the personal touch of it, of it being, you know, a, a really good uh, learning experience. But, you know, I think everyone's gotten used to it at this point, right? If you listen to some of the big, the really big podcasts, um, they also have ads that run in the background. I think what's helpful is that, you know, the subscribers on YouTube, if, if, um, if more uh, listeners can download, go, go subscribe to the YouTube channel, that, that's, that helps with monetizing it a little bit as well, right? Um, anything you do needs to have a monetized side to it as well to make sure that it covers the expenses and keeps everything going. Got it. And not to be fooled by a lot of people come to me and think, well, I'll start a podcast and get all these listeners and then the money will roll in. So the reality is that you've got to fund it, whether you've got a back end programs and services and consulting or um, mastermind groups or some other way that you're monetizing it because this is the give back and then you have to have a plan for how you're going to make money and funds right yeah and it almost ties them back with remember bob bob proctor we had that um that session the uh, the class we went to with the write your own book that we referenced earlier right he he always kept saying he goes you know what you can publish your book you know some people think that you can publish a book and you're going to make you know millions of it or whatever it is your book is not what's going to make you the money. Your book is what gives you your credibility and then it allows you to have other opportunities to, to expand what you're doing so that you can get paid for those things, right? So the podcast is the same thing almost, right? I kind of look at it as a book. It's your intellectual property. It is um, the your work that goes into it. Um, it'd be nice to have some part of it monetized, right? But it's, there's a bigger picture at the end of it. So you have to, you, anybody else, right? Whatever you do, you've always got to look at the bigger picture and how that impact will, will affect you. Definitely. So for those who tune into the podcast from whatever part of the world they listen to, what would you like them to know about the behind the scenes production process? Now, you've kind of mentioned a lot of the, the time that goes into it, but what do you see that others don't without embarrassing me too much from the researching, editing and the production side of things? So the key word was too much, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um, it's 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 pretty intense, right? So it's um I know you're all day you're you're uh, you're spending the time researching the the uh, the guests, um, reading their books whatever it may be, but it's um you know the, the doing the podcast is the easy part for you because you've you've done this and you have such a process down it's the editing right it's like uh, nobody can come near your office the office door is closed and like the kids go and they're like hey mom I need I need help with this you're like get out no no you don't say that but it's um but it's um it's it's you've got to focus right because this is this is deep stuff right it's not like hey uh let's talk about a baseball game or something like that right it's about the brain and how the neurons and all this other stuff kind of connect together so I think it's just the, the part that um that hey uh I'm doing my podcast I'm, I'm editing my podcast leave me alone don't you know don't distract me um, so it's nothing embarrassing. It's just that it's, it's, you know, it's high level information that where you've got to really focus. You can't have distractions. So for us, it's, that's the hard part, right? Is that we want to spend time with you and it's like, no, leave me alone. I got six hours to go. I'm on minute two. And then it's like, it's like, I remember at the beginning, like every podcast, it's like the first like 10, 15 minutes is the hardest part because it's setting up all the things and then it, it starts flowing. So it's easier. So by that 10, 15 minutes of actual content, it's like four hours of your work. So it's uh so that's that's the hard part of it is just um, you know, make 
just uh, leaving you alone so that you can do your things. Because when we're all home, right, it's uh, we want to spend time together. Definitely, definitely. Well, I appreciate that you guys give me the time because otherwise I'll probably not, I'll edit something and I'll have something replicated all the times I mispronounce something like even the simplest names. And I don't want to have that go out to, you know, 155 countries that I've said the name of a guest wrong or that I've quoted somebody wrong, or I've said a, a scientific term incorrectly, and, and they're really difficult. I'm always on those sites, like how do you pronounce? I think I put one out uh, that it went out and like 100 people downloaded me saying it incorrectly. And I thought, you know, I'm gonna leave that for a while because it's not easy to, to get the words correctly. I think it's okay to sometimes make mistakes and. And that's what, you know, I've learned over this past 200 that doesn't have to always be perfect that, um, you know, this is fun to to have somebody to kind of debrief what the process has been like, because, you know, it is intense. But if I make mistakes, it's also OK. That's the fun part. Yeah, I remember uh, you were interviewing somebody from the Jets and uh, <laughs> and the head coach of the Jets, his name's Robert Salah, right? Right. So that's the, that's the proper way of saying Salah. And I, so you asked me like, oh, how do you say this guy's name and the coach? And he's, he's an awesome coach, you know, being a Jets fan. It's, uh, you know, I, I said, this is how you pronounce Salah. And then um, you went on the podcast and you, you said, said Salah. You made, me, you made me practice over and over yeah. again the it, wrong way. You, you kept saying like Salah, Salah, no like all these variations. I don't know. So then, um, so then you record, you went on with the, the, uh, the, the person that I forgot Chris what he Gargano. does. Chris, Chris Gargano, yeah, but I don't, I don't remember what he was. He a, not a broadcaster, but um, he I was in, his, in the PR team. PR the department, PR yeah. Team the Jets, and yeah. he and he told you that's not how you say it. It's Sale or something like I that. I don't so, know. We had to yeah, record so, that so one. Then, so then I had to hear your wrath. You're like, oh, you told me the wrong pronunciation. It's it's not Salah, but it's um, you know, it it is Salah by the way, and. So they're they're just pronouncing it wrong, but it's um. Yeah, everyone else. <laughs> we had to record uh, the Chris Gar Gargano episode, which was so much fun. I got to spend more time with him, but oh my gosh. I know, but it's all it's all right. It's all good. Everybody has different pronunciations and and how they they say things. So it's um you know it's there, there's a lot to it, right? That's just one part of it. Right. Definitely. Definitely. So. You know, I, I I wasn't sure what you were gonna say about what it's like from from your point of view and the kids' point of view, but um, it's definitely uh, you know needs focus. But also, it's okay if we make mistakes and editing. And and I have only done one live one. We did the live one with Kate in Hawaii, mm -hmm. and and that was fun. Just bringing the equipment um, to be out on the balcony, and then you know recording and everyone across the beach could hear the podcast which you know no one knows from from their end but you're like talk quieter everybody can and it was and it was two in the morning wasn't it like <laughs> like, three like i'm, I'm trying know. to sleep and then like the computer screen's like lighting up the whole room from the oh. balcony and it's like i could hear you kate and somebody else talking it was just me and kate <laughs> Oh, I thought it was somebody else. And then, um, so we could hear that inside the room. So I could just imagine what it, what it sounded like outside. People are on their vacation in Hawaii. And it's like, so how does the brain work? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fun. I only did one live one because it, it, it was actually fun to have um, somebody that you could talk that it's not so rehearsed as well. Like I hear other podcasters and they just go on and my content is so specific. Like I have 
a lesson that I want to teach. And then I have like strategies that I want to get across. There's no time really for, for joking around. And, and that part, I, I think I really, I miss, you know, I don't get to in any part of my work, go hang out and joke around with anybody. So it's like a very serious thing, but it's, it's fun to have you on and to kind of like see the other side of this and, and get to actually laugh about some of these things and, and not, not always be so serious. Yeah. And then you, you, you mentioned uh, the kids earlier. I didn't, I, I didn't bring that up, but like uh, when you're doing your editing stuff like that, like, it's like, I got to yell at the kids like, Hey, keep your voice down. She's doing this. Or when you're recording, it's like, keep your voice down. Uh, mom's recording next door. Right. And it's like, um, and it's like, they have, they come in here. They're like, Oh, I have a question for mom. I'm like, no, I'm like, ask me the question. Mom's editing. She can't, she can't be distracted right now. So it's pretty intense. It is intense, but thanks for, for always giving me the quiet. So, yeah. So aside from the fact that I know you'd support anything I produce and create, what is it about this podcast that you've seen that's different from some of the other projects that you've seen me working over the years in this office? Well, it's the, it's the time commitment. It's the end result, right? It's the uh, materials that you're publishing that you're, uh, you, it's, um, it's, uh, it's helping you fine tune what your messaging has been, right? What your beliefs are. Um, because now I think um, a lot of those things that in the past, going back, you know, 16 years ago, a lot of those things were things that you had learned in the in the seminars, right? Um, so those were all things that are that are important. But at the same time, now I think what you learned, you had your foundation. Now it's um, it's putting the science behind it. So it's clarifying that message, really improving that message as to you know how learning takes place. What are things we need to focus on? So I think those things have all shifted significantly towards a more clearer, um, precise message that you're delivering. I love that because uh, I've learned so much from your company, Lexia Learning, and the science of reading. And I had no idea about the research other than what I had found. You don't know what you don't know. And just learning from some of your coworkers about uh, Scarborough's reading rope and how how learning happens in the brain from a different perspective it's been powerful like the there's it's unlimited how much we can learn it's it's ongoing which i think is is fun that i get to do the learning and then share it with with all 155 countries or whoever is tuning in it's just been an amazing process to get to fine tune and and be that person so i'm grateful for that for sure yep for sure so it's difficult for me to go back to earlier episodes when my sound quality wasn't that great. You know, back in the beginning, I wish I had launched with all this incredible equipment and I just didn't know where this was gonna go. So I started simple. Um, but back in the earlier days, my first interview with Ron Hall, who now uses our podcast as a resource for his graduate class that he teaches on trauma and resiliency at a local university in his area, or when I was nervous for at least the first 50 interviews, including Greg Wolcott from episode seven, and he's become one of our top supporters, giving me many opportunities to speak and share resources with first educational resources. But I sometimes do go back and listen to those earlier podcast episodes, and the content is always useful, even though the audio just is difficult for me to hear, but it's applicable. And I know that we launched without being perfect, but we always were open to learning something new. 
what do you think others should know about the podcast that I just would never say? Let me, let me. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> let me ask a different, a different yeah. question. So like just going back to, you know, those earlier episodes, what is something that that you think is important for other people to know about this whole progression of number one, where you were a guest, um, you know, the, there was all this crackling with the audio back in the day. But what do you think other people should know about this progression that you don't always start perfect and then you fine tune as you go <clears throat> along and improve as you go along? What should others know as they are listening? Yeah, I think everybody wants to do something, right? They, they they have a thought in mind that they want to accomplish. If it's something personal, if it's a project, if it's starting something new, like even a podcast, right? And they have this vision that they're going to roll out from day one, like being perfect, right? Having like the most expensive equipment to, to for sound and, and um, you know, having monitors like everywhere or things like that, right? I think a lot of people get caught up in those things. I think what's really important is just, you know, put your idea to practice, right? Just get going. It doesn't matter, right? So, so even you, you mentioned that going back to the, to the first 50, maybe, right? Where the sound wasn't the best, it was crackling. It's not about the sound, right? It's about the content. It's about the message, right? So whatever, whatever your goals are, just hit the ground running. You improve it as you go, right? So as you, you, you can start off with, you know, you started off with, you know, I think it was like earbuds. You started off as your sound thing and, and then slowly you went to, you know, just looking looking back, it's there's like a microphone over there. There's a microphone over there. You progress, right? You went to a different microphone. You found something that was a little bit better than you. Um, our old neighbor across the street, Troy Busso, right? He recommended the soundboard that you have. Um, now the soundboard has given you good quality. I know when you were going through your um, uh, uh, Think and Grow Rich, uh, your soundboard was in for service. It, it stopped working. So, you know, I know I know you felt the impact of the, the audio not being there, but you just got to remember, you just got to run with it. Don't worry about the little fine, fine tuned stuff, the, the fanciness of the sound or this and that. It's the content that's what's important. that's going to make the impact. No one's going to care about the quality of the sound. And, um, you, know, you know what, you're, uh, I, if somebody makes a note about the quality of the sound and doesn't, doesn't pick up the message, the actual content that was delivered, then they're not, you know, they're not in there for the right reasons. Got it. So let's let's think about we, we've got that idea of a podcast that we launched and I know you're really good at launching ideas, <clears throat> right? So what else can you think about from someone starting something brand new? Like, I don't know what it could be, a business idea. What kind of vision do you think that they have to have from the very beginning of starting from nothing to the end vision that they you know want to have something moving or or happening what's the process that they have to go through well we talked about at the beginning right it's your why figure out your why right if you if you don't know what your why is and why you're doing what you're doing you're not gonna you're not gonna get anywhere right be in it for the right reasons right let's say somebody wants to open you know some kind of a store right let's say they want to open an antique store right why is it are they opening an antique store they're opening an antique store because they love working with antiques right they love the hunt for finding antiques finding gems you know in different maybe like in a garage sale and an estate sale right so they have that passion of, of creating um uh you know the whole concept around antiques 
And then why, why do they want to do this? They want to do this because they want to make money on it, right? They, they want to find the gems, make money on it. They want to make somebody happy at the other end that, that actually loves a piece that they might have, right? So it's, it's, it's create your why. Why are you doing what you're doing? Um, just um, you, don't, you don't need to go you know, huge and go say, I'm going to open a 10,000 square foot store. Open something small, right? Get going, get, get, um, get the revenue in place, get your sources in place where you find all your things, right? And then as you go, you slowly start expanding. A lot of people go all big right at the beginning and their idea doesn't take off, right? And then they start falling apart. They can't pay the bills. They can't cover their expenses. And that idea is squashed. It's over, right? Then they start, instead of being in the positive, they're in the negative where they're in the hole. They have to pay all these bills. They can't keep up with them. Um, so so those, are, those are some of the things. So I, I, you know, my recommendation is always make sure that your foundation is strong. You built the business model from something smaller, and then you expand as you go along. The more, the more revenue you have, the more success you're having, you can always expand upwards instead of going, you know, going all big and then failing. So I kind of talked about this and the backstory that you won't know. Um, I've recorded that ahead of uh, this interview where I talked about Matthew Portell. Um, you know, you were listening to him while we were driving around on the weekend when I had, you know, my phone going. I was oh, yeah. Listening to the Educational Neuroscience Symposium. And, and remember, he was playing those awesome songs and, and just motivating the crowd. He talked about yeah. uh, having an intent, which is our why, and then an outcome, like what outcome do you want to have? And and then what's your impact? And so as I looked at all the work we've been doing over the years, I knew that we weren't having the impact before we did the podcast. So that's what I talked about. You know, you have to look at, you know, are, are you having the impact? What's the outcome? Do you have the outcome? And so that's another way of fine tuning whatever you're working on is to look at, you know, are you having the impact? Are you having the outcome? Because you might have your why, and like you said, but it's not working. So how do you know when to give up an idea because it just flops and it's not the right idea? And how did I know that the podcast was going to have this impact? I didn't. That's why I didn't buy the soundboard from day one. I was just watching the numbers. So it's like, how do you kind of know if it's going the right way and you have to keep continuing or, or do you have to give up certain ideas? It's the hardest answer, right? I don't think there's any answer. Um, I think it's if your if your values are aligned with the idea, and you you spend the time in becoming really the expert in whatever that may be, right? And uh, you give you give it all, right? You you've got to really believe in your process. You've got to you got to put the pieces together to make sure that you're successful. You just got to go with it. Sometimes you know, not every time, every not every time you're gonna win. There are times you're going to fail, right? Even, um, you know, you might even be successful and you decide to branch out and try something different and that doesn't work out, right? There's no, there's no real rhyme or reason. You just have to make sure that the preparation that you have in place, um, the research that you put in, in, the time that you put in, it all aligns with your mission, right? And if, it's, if your mission is successful, I think you're going to be successful. But, you know, there, there is no real answer when, when, when do you pull a plug on a project, right? Sometimes it's so hard. You put everything into it. You put all your finances into it. Um, you go for it and it doesn't work out. But you've got to know what you, what's important from that is what things made you fail, right? Why didn't it work out? 
So this way, when you when you branch out again and try to go a different route, you've learned from all those personal experiences so that this way it sets you up for better success moving forward. Got it. Yep. Important lessons to learn. So if you were to come into my office and hijack my email account for the day and invite a guest that has nothing to do with neuroscience, but you know, you're going to interview them. Who would you pick and what would you ask them? Nothing to do with neuroscience? Yeah, just somebody that you think, who would you want to talk to or pick their brain? It doesn't have to do with neuroscience. It, it yeah. could, but who would you pick? Who's somebody that, that you know, you think would be a good person to have on the podcast? Who, who would you want? So I, I'm a I'm into into sports, right? So I love my sports figures. Um, and, you know the the jersey I have hanging up in the back of my office, Mike Piazza. He might be one person that I might um, might might reach out to. You know, he was uh, growing up in New Jersey and and being a Mets fan my whole life. It's um, you know he he had a direct impact in um, you know uh what the outcomes of of what happened in new york especially during 9 11 when when i was a firefighter in new york uh, outside of new york city in new jersey um you know the city was in such shambles from uh from what happened and um you know mike piazza was the catcher on the mets and um you know the mets and yankees always had a big rivalry together the two new york teams in baseball and um you know it's it's actually really interesting that that year the two teams that went to the to the World Series were the Mets and the Yankees, and uh, Mike Piazza carried the Mets all those um, all those during during all those games in that season to the World Series. You know, it's um, it, New York City was in such a bad place when 9/11 happened, and um, you know they canceled some baseball games around it as well too. But when the when the players went back to the field, uh, Mike Piazza hit one of the biggest home runs that really reunited like the energy in new york city and it really put energy behind the team and you know what i, I would love to find out from him what did it feel like that you know how how was he able to step up and really make a big impact in uh, changing the energy of the entire city right based on how he played in the stretch um going to the to the playoffs that year so for me that that would be uh that'll be one for sure Wow, that gave me chills because although I'm not as big of a sports fan as you, you you watch some of the beginning games and you watch the national anthem come on, and it, it it's amazing watching the fans and and the ability that a sports team can influence the fans in in one stadium, and then thinking about what's happening outside of that, it's just amazing what, mm -hmm. what impact it, it, a sports team can have. Right. For sure. It's amazing. That's a that's a good answer. So Majid, is there anything Thanks for approving? <laughs> yeah, of course. Is there anything I've missed that you think is important to share on this 200 milestone episode? And we haven't spoken about the fact that you believe in the importance of giving back to the community. Like you just shared that. I would never have known that that was going to be your, your answer. But with the work you do in your spare time, why is giving back to the community so important to you? Um, you know, we, we all we all work, we all contribute to society, we can, you know, we work so that we can, um, you know, fulfill the needs that we have inside, right, as far as the impact we want to make, we, we work so that this way we can put, put food on the table for our family, right, so that this way we have 
um, you know, the luxury of doing some of the things that we want to do. But at the same time, it's really important to, to ground yourself um, by, by uh, volunteering, by giving back to your community. Uh, going back to when I used to live in back in New Jersey, I was a volunteer firefighter for 13 years. As I mentioned, you know, I was, I was uh, in northern New Jersey. We're about 10 miles outside of New York City um, during 9-11. Um, looking back at my past, past years, right, it's, um, being a firefighter was one of the most fulfilling jobs that I had. Uh, back, back east, most of the departments are volunteer except the big cities. So there is no paid firefighters. The volunteers are what, you know, run the community, uh, provide safety for the community. And um, I can go back and, you know, that was, I, I joined the fire department, I think it was in 98. Um, so it's uh, 90, uh, no, sorry, uh, 1996, I think it was. And those people that I work with, they are true family, right? I still, I still ha keep in touch with them. Um, you know, there's a reason why they say we're brothers because we really are. It's like brothers from a different mother, and and um, we all stay in touch. We all were there for each other, um, and uh, giving back helps helps keep you grounded as well too, right? You might be really successful in life, and then you start you start forgetting about some of the calls that you went on, the the people that you served, right, in the community of how you were able to help them out. You know how life was, how they're struggling. It really grounds you, keeps you grounded. And then I also was a volunteer uh, police reserve in New Jersey as well, in Paramus as well too, uh, for eight years. I was a sergeant there. And, um, you know, again, going on some of the policing calls to see, you know, how we can help out, you know, what, you know, what some struggles families are dealing with uh, kept me grounded. And then when I moved to Arizona in 2006, I, I struggled. I didn't have that, that volunteering part because there's really not many opportunities uh, with volunteering in Arizona. Everything is paid department. And um, I had the luxury of finding, uh, uh, getting back into law enforcement as a volunteer and giving back to the community. I think it's really important that it keeps me grounded um, on a daily basis, right? You, you, might, you might be having success in business and, and work, right? All those things. But at the same time, seeing how some people struggle and how they need help, it just really uh, brings you back to, the, to uh, your foundations of why it's important to give back to the community. Definitely, definitely some powerful um, experiences that you've gone through that you've shared that are it's definitely grounding because um, you don't know what other people are going through and experiences like giving back and volunteering, you get to see another side of the world for sure. For sure. Yep. So, Majid, our time has come to an end here. I'll let you enjoy your evening instead of doing more work. But I want to thank you so much for coming on this podcast as a guest again, as a return guest. And I want to thank you for your support behind the scenes, because without you, I could not do this podcast. So you make it possible. I'm proud to be the one who does this thing called life with you. Oh, I appreciate it. And and congratulations on your 200 episode. You know, uh, a lot of your guests, well, a lot, all of your guests, they don't have the luxury of being in the room next door to you, right? To have this, this, um, uh, to have the podcast. So I actually have something for you. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So now I'm crying on my podcast. So he always makes sure that, <clears throat> that we have, flowers the girls in the family have flowers on our desk so if you ever see flowers in the back scene that would be 
my husband making sure there's always flowers for the ladies in the house. So it's it's not just me. He makes sure every Valentine's Day, if you watch a podcast, there's always flowers on my desk. So when I cry, my whole face turns blotchy, but uh, it's not been the first time my eyes have got red interviewing somebody, but uh, thank you. This is very special. Thanks so much. It was unexpected. You got it. Congratulations on 200 and keep up the good work. Absolutely. So just to close out this episode, I want to just have everyone think about why we do what we do, because if we're going to put in the effort behind something, we want to make sure that we have a strong foundation of why we do what we do. And we look at those outcomes and then we look at the impact and see the impact that we're having. And again, I want to thank the listeners that tune in um, all over the world, 155 countries, Ireland. Thank you. Whoever's listening in Ireland, we're number one there right now. So thank you um, for tuning in and keeping us in the top 100 charts in Canada, US, Australia, and the United Kingdom. So thanks to the listeners for tuning in. I hope this podcast episode has given you a little bit more behind the scenes of what it's like. You know, we're real people here. There's an office and there's a family behind the scenes of this podcast. So I want to thank everybody and my husband for coming on this 200th episode. Thank you. Thank you. If you're enjoying the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning podcast, please don't forget to subscribe so you'll stay up to date with our new episodes. While you're there, please feel free to give us a review or a five-star rating as it helps others find us. For more information on our programs, books, and tools for schools and the workplace, visit us at www.achieveit360.com.